Whether you need to restock the fridge or just have a sudden, intense craving for cheese puffs, Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. From groceries to household items, Kroger delivers right to your door. So don't let one major craving have you reaching for your car keys. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery times not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details.
to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. here two more minutes please thank you Thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you. Amen. We thank everybody for joining us on today. Hallelujah. And I know that you're going to be blessed on today. I told you that we're starting a 52-day um, journey in the book of Nehemiah. And I know you're saying, why 52? Because we know that it took him only 52 days to complete in building the wall but before we start we definitely want to give honor to god who is the head of our life we thank god for allowing uh, me to come here today to release his word i am lady apostle robin stokes and i am honored to just be able to work on behalf of my father which is jesus christ hallelujah it's nothing like being employed by jesus hallelujah the benefits is always there and you don't have to worry about anything because he makes sure that he takes care of you, right? That's right. But I wanted to start off because every day in our 52-day Nehemiah Word on the Go, we're going to have a word each day. And today we picked Arise because we're talking about above, Arise Above All, Last Build 52. So the first um, word for today is Arise. And when we look at the word arise, it lets me know that it's time for us to what? 
to stand up, to rise up, to come on the scene, to stir up, to raise up, to carry out, to constitute, to maintain oneself, to be established, to be confirmed, to remain. But we must what? Endure. And Nehemiah is going to teach us how to just arise in the building in these next 52 days. It's to be fixed. It's to be valid. It's to be proven. It's to be fulfilled. It's to be set up to fulfill the purpose and plan that God has for our life. And I believe that that is what God is doing just for us today. Amen. So I'm glad that you joined us on today. Now, I need to make sure that you get out your Bible and you get out your pen and paper because I have out my pen, my paper, and also the Word of God because we're going to get some good information on today. Today is day one, and we are so excited about day one. Why? Because day one, we're talking about Nehemiah. He is the great general contractor that God chose to build his wall. Hallelujah. And when we're talking about, we're going to break it down because we're going to understand the wall. We're going to understand what the wall, what the gate represented as well. Um, yesterday we broke, um, I set the foundation because remember we talked about being a general contractor. You have to go in to be able to look at the plans or the blueprint that the architect have put out in order to be able to build whatever construction that you are sent to build as the general contractor and you have your regular contractors and subcontractors come on the scene and begin to build from the bottom up so we understand that because this great task that was given unto nehemiah it was not just going to repair a wall but he was going to repair the breach hallelujah that the wall represented because even though he can go and rebuild a wall but if the breach is not repaired the wall can easily go back into ruin so we're going to go through these 52 days and by the time we're done we're going to almost be finished and building whatever it is that God have given us to build because a lot of us have got in a place where we have become stagnant God have already given us the blueprint he's already given us the vision but we have become stagnant because of our Talibites and Santa ballots and our Geshams because of our enemies that have risen up against us. But don't you know, we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. And God is going to teach us on how to be sustaining in building, repairing the breach, the wall that he have told us to repair. Because in all of this that we're doing for Christ is all about rebuilding what he have told us to build. Because when we're rebuilding the walls that God have called us to rebuild as the fivefold ministry we're not building the walls for our individual selves but we're building our walls as a people as a community as a city as a nation as a country why because we are god's people we're his body we're his church and we're going to learn how to build the gates and the walls together as we go through these 52 days in the book of nehemiah so i am so excited and you have got the word on the go which is a on today 
and we're going to start with Nehemiah chapter 1. But I wanted to just also just tell you just a little bit about Nehemiah's loyalty. First of all, when we look at the word loyalty, it is the quality or the state of an instance of being loyal, right? So when you break down the word loyal, it is just pretty much just saying that you have the quality or state of just being able to do something in the right manner or the right order, meaning that you are diligent, you are faithful in doing it. So being faithful in whatever you are called to do, that means that you will be loyal to whatever you're called to do and whoever you're called to. And Nehemiah had such a loyalty. He has such a quality, a state of being, not just individuals, but even in his work. He was faithful. He was not just faithful to himself, but he was faithful to even the king being his cupbearer. When I began to look at the word cupbearer, you know, even in a lot of the readings and the breaking downs, it talks about someone bearing the cup for either a king or someone in a high position, maybe serving them a wine or serving them a, a type of drink. And what that represented was them actually taking the first sip just in case if that drink was poison or if that drink was something to take someone out. You know, we don't believe in drinking. We don't believe in wine. We don't believe in beer and all of that because when we're saved, we don't want to cause anything to what hurt the Holy Ghost that's inside of us. But in those days, that's what they considered their cup. Hello, you're still playing that game? Oh man, it looks like you're in a game days. Yeah, I'm getting you blocked blue light glasses from Zenny. Okay, okay, I'm pausing it. Um, what are blocks? Well, blocks glasses help protect your eyes against blue light from digital devices. Sounds like blocks will let me play longer. Ugh. Add blocks to any Zenny frame for stylish all-day protection from harmful blue light. Get a complete pair of prescription blocks glasses starting at just $24. And get back to gaming. Zenny.com. Eyewear for everyone. There's asked for to protect the king or the person that was in high authority to make sure that they would not get poisoned. So they would either drink the drink or maybe eat the food first to make sure that it was nothing in there that can poison the one that was in high authority. But Nehemiah was more than just that. He was a governor. He was a man of loyalty. He was a man of integrity. He was a man of honor. Even his name represents something. It means the Lord consolidation. When God consoles us, that means that God is what comforted us. So I began to even break down Nehemiah's name. But before I get into breaking down his name, I wanted to continue to talk about loyalty. When we are loyal to something, we are faithful to a cause. We're faithful to an idea. We're faithful to something that may either be a product and may be either an institute or it may be even something that really caused us to be faithful to. But in other words, that is just merely what the word dictionary lets us know about being loyalty. But let me explain what loyalty means in the spiritual aspect. The loyalty means, first of all, we're loyal to God. We should be loyal to God first. For us to be loyal to God is so important. Why? Because it allows our heart to be connected to God. It allows us to stay connected to God. It allows us to have that communication and that 
intimacy with God as we stay loyal unto God, meaning that we begin to fear God. We begin to understand what his purpose and his plan is for our life. We're not doing it on our own, but we're taking that blueprint and that vision that he have given us, him as the architect and us as the general contractor, fulfilling the plans that he have given us and to build what he have given us to build. So we need to stay focused and make sure that we allow the architect, which is Jesus Christ, to stay in the forefront and we just follow the vision and the plan that he have given unto us. But it reminds us that even the word glory, it gives us life. It allows us to receive the inheritance here while we're on earth. We don't have to wait until we get to heaven and receive. We are already sons of God. We can receive the same inheritance, the same blessing, the same favor that Nehemiah received. Why am I going there? Because when we get into this book of Nehemiah, I want to make sure that you just don't get the foundation of what it is that God is laying, but I want to make sure you get the overall picture of the word of God. That means that we're going to get a full revelation of the manifestation of God through his word so that we won't only just take this word and just hold on to it, but we will begin to work and build the wall that God have given us to build as we're going through this 52 day word on the go in the book of Nehemiah. So again, the scriptures reminds us and confirms to us in um, Deuteronomy 7 and 9, it says, know therefore that the God, that thou God, come on now, our God of what? Heaven. Therefore, that the Lord thou God, he is God, the faithful God, which keep confident and mercy with them that love him and keeps his commandment to a thousand generation. Wow. So why are we not Lord to God? Through his servants leading us to fulfill the purpose and destiny that he have called us to do. Nehemiah was definitely faithful unto God. Even though Nehemiah began to go through the character assassination, he began to go through the... Um, scrutiny and go through so much that he went through not just with his enemies but also even with the prophets they began to even plot against him but he did not lose his focus because he knew his lord thou god he knew that his lord thou god was faithful he knew that his lord thou god would keep the covenant that he had given unto him and that's why nehemiah in the first chapter he began to set the pace by going into a place of what prayer that's right why? Because when the architect, our Lord Jesus Christ, lay out the blueprint and give us the plan and the vision, even though he have given it to us and we know he is the giver of all things and we know that whatever he give us, it shall be. But we need to still go into a place of prayer. We need to go to a place of intercession. Why? So that we can get the understanding and the wisdom and the knowledge. Come on now the wisdom and knowledge in order to fulfill whatever that plan and blueprint means. Because a lot of times God can give us something, but if we are not, if we don't allow the spirit of God to back us in fulfilling it, we can get off track. Why? Because of our education, because of our money, because of our jobs, because of our status, because of our power, because of our prestige, because of who we are and who we know. We can get off track. And that's what we have done. We have got off 
track. That's why the walls are still in ruin. That's why the church, not only the building, because I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the church. You and me, we have been broken. We have been in a desolate of ruins because we have not come into a place of unity or togetherness in order to repair the breach that God have gave unto us to repair because we're into ourselves and we're into what we want and we're into what we think and we're into what we feel when it's not about us but it's about God. It's about the things that he's calling us to do for the people that are lost, the people that are yearning to know more of him not just do merely what we say but our lifestyle, who we are, what we bring to the forefront. We should be a light that sits on a hill that shines so bright that people won't have to even ask us if we are an apostle, if we're an evangelist, if we are a teacher or a pastor or a prophet. But our life will speak for us. Come on now. The Spirit of God will rise up in us and people will see God in us. So therefore, when we walk into this place of loyalty and we walk into this place and being loyal to the things of God, we are so blast. Why? Because we are not faithless. Uh-uh. We are faithful. We remain faithful into the things of God. That's why we continue to serve God. Even the Bible reminds us in 2 Timothy and 2 and 13, it says, if we are faithless, he still remains faithful. See, even when we sometimes lose our, our faith or sometimes we lose being in a place of being faithful unto God, God is still faithful unto us. He never stop being faithful. Why? Because he is a God of faith. He is God. He is faithful unto us. And for he could not deny himself. Because why? He died for us. He gave us life and life more abundantly. Even though sometimes we become faithless. We are we faithless. We don't do what we say we will do. You know, when we're in a rut and we're going through things, first thing we say is, God, I'll do this and God, I'll do that. God, I'll go here. God, I'll go there. God, I'll use my car for this. God, I'll give the church this. God, I'll build this for the church. God, I'll do this for sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so. But once we receive our blessing, once we receive our healing, once we receive our breakthrough, we no longer fulfill the a vow that we give unto God. See, we think we're merely making a vow unto man because we're telling the pastor and we're telling the apostle and we're telling the evangelist and the teacher and the um, prophet we'll do this when this happened like this. We'll go there when this happened like this. But when you're talking to merely a woman and a man of God, you was making a vow unto God, not the man, not the woman. They represent, they are representatives. They are ambassadors of Christ. So when you're talking to them, they are the little gods inside of the big God that God is over all of us. So we're making a vow unto God, but we're not honoring that vow because we have lost our loyalty. We are no, loyal, we're no longer loyal to God. We're no longer loyal to the things of God. We don't want to do things in excellency. We don't want to do things according to the will of God. We don't want to do things how God tells us to do it because now we're so educated. Now we're so powerful. Now the people is calling our name. Lay hands on me. Prophesy to me. Raise the dead. Heal the sick. Now they're lifting you up. Now they're lifting you out. Now your name is being a call. But it's not about you. It is about Jesus. His name should be glorified. And that's why Nehemiah had what God had given him because he knew that he had to stay in a place of prayer. 
desire. He knew that he was had favor with the king, but he knew that he had even more favor with the kings of kings. See, when you got favor with the kings of kings and not just the king, then you is a lucky somebody. He understood the importance of having favor with the kings of kings. Come on now. And the lords of lords and the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He didn't care about just having just a relationship with just merely a king, a man that can sometimes lose his way, but he had a relationship with the kings of kings. I can stay right there all day because something about the kings of kings, when you able to tap into the heavenly realm and tap into the realm and be able to come on now, have that intimacy and have that relationship with the kings of kings. You don't have to worry about going through sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so because you don't tap into the heavenlies. Hallelujah. You don't tap into the kings of kings and the lords of lords. See, we got to get in a place of prayer. We got to get in a place of intercession. When we begin to intercede, we begin to cry out, Abba, Father. We begin to cry out and sometimes we don't understand, but we know that in all things, only by the spirit of God that understands all things. That is the problem. That is the issue. We want to understand everything. It's like a language bearer. When you don't understand someone speaking in another foreign language, sometimes you can get disgusted. Sometimes you can feel uncomfortable. Sometimes you can feel uneasy, but we need to be in the spirit of God and begin to allow the spirit to intercede for us so that we can be in the right place in God so that we can be in the right area where God wants us to be letting our spirit intercede on the behalf of what it is that he will have us to um, intercede on. But we get so much into ourselves and want to hear how elegant we speak in and how elegant we preach it and how elegant we teach it and how prophetically we make in the profound word so that the people can begin to yell and say that is a great apostle. That is a great prophet. That is a great teacher and a great pastor and a great evangelist. But it's not about being great in man's eyes. It's about being great in God's eyes because he is the one that will lift you up. Come on now. He's the one who will set you in high places because when man sets you in high places, if they get mad at you, if you don't do it right, they're going to bring you back down. Glory to God. But one thing about God is even though sometimes we may be faithless, he will remain faithful. Hallelujah. Oh my God. That right there almost took me to another place of praise because God is still faithful. He is still faithful. But at the same time, Nehemiah was a man of loyalty. He was loyal to prayer. He was loyal to the things of God. He was loyal doing what God called him to do. He understood that when he was given this task to go rebuild the walls, he understood that the gates represented an entrance into the Lord's presence. Come on now, because he was already in the presence of God. He was already in a place called intercession in God. Because remember in the beginning, he was already mourning and groaning and interceding for the nation, meaning that he was already interceding for the people because nations mean merely people meaning people as a whole so he was already crying out on their behalf not knowing that they were going to come to him and tell him how the non-Jews leaders was teaching them and leading them and how they were taking so much from them and how they was making them do illegal things and marriages and other things but because he was already in a place of intercession all that was was a confirmation 
patient to him, to let him know that he was in the right place at the right time, interceding for the right thing. Because when he got out of that place of prayer, glory to God, that when the people came, it was like a connection because now he knew his assignment. He knew where he was going to be sent. He knew where he was going to do and how he was going to do it and where he was going to do it and who he was going to do it with. But he knew that he had to be back by the Holy Ghost. He had to be back by the Holy Spirit. He had to be back by God, even when he went, because he had Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. At these enemies, these enemies that was waiting, that was sitting to see how they can try to assassinate his character, how they can try to assassinate his integrity, his honor, because he was a man that was honorable. He was a man that was respected. He was a man that was well liked. Why? Because of his loyalty. He was loyal, not only to the king, but he was loyal to the people. He looked up to the people. He represented the people. He was a governor over the people. He governed. He set things and legislation in place. Glory to God. He was a reformist. Hallelujah. He was a revolutionist. Hallelujah. He was revivalist. Glory to God. He knew how to reform and transform and transition. Come on now. Government and constitution and things in order and law in place. Hallelujah. In order to make things happen. He had spiritual authority and government authority. He understood government authority in the spiritual realms as well in the natural realm. Hallelujah. But most of all, he had a connection with God. He was an intercessor. He was a prayer warrior. He had a profound um, devotion in God. He, that was all he knew was to go into a place called prayer. Come on now. He lived in exile. He lived and, and lived among the pagans, among other gods. He knew what they was of, but he never went to serve those other gods because he knew about his true and living God. He knew that his Lord Jesus Christ, God himself, was more powerful than all those pagans. Glory to God. He understood what those was like in exile. He understood what those other gods tried to do, but they never won because God Almighty is God over everything in universe and everything that that, that, that that has breath, everything. God is God. Hallelujah. But at the same time, we know that Nehemiah stepped out and all he did was fulfill, hallelujah, a prophecy, amen, something that was already, hallelujah, spoken, amen, by Jeremiah, something that was already set forth by the um, 
Daniel, hallelujah, he just walked into, into the, the profound prophetic revelation of what was already written, what was already to come, and he began to fulfill it, hallelujah, just like prophet Jeremiah, he spoke to the nation, and even when he began to talk about rebuilding, hallelujah, see, he even said that even those that lived in Jerusalem, come on now, that the walls was going to have to be rebuilt, why? Because of the things of the ruins of the people not fulfilling and doing what they was called to do. So it became a desolate, a wasteland, hallelujah, in the mighty name of Jesus. But it lets us know that even after all of that, even after the exile, even after that Jerusalem, it was destroyed at the end of the day, God chose Nehemiah to come and repair the wall, to repair the, the, the breach in the wall. But see, the thing is, it took not only Nehemiah, but it took other people that will also help assist um, Nehemiah in the rebuilding of the wall. And don't you know, you? some of you may not like this, but don't you know your enemies, hallelujah, will help you rebuild something faster than you ever would build. Hallelujah. Why? Because something about your enemies, glory to God. See, a lot of times we run from our enemies and we say, oh, we can't handle it because they are our enemy. But don't you know, they give you that um, strength and that adrenaline to go forth and do what you're called to do. Because Nehemiah had some enemies, Glory to God. He had Sambolic and he has Tobiah and he had Gisham. He had all these three enemies. And not only that, he even had these prophets that it was also against him, the women prophet that was against him. But at the end of the day, he knew what God's word said. Hallelujah. He did not allow them, hallelujah, to stop him in building what God had called him to build because he understood who they was. He understood their enemies. In this time and season, you got to be able to understand who is your enemies, who are are your Judases. Hallelujah. Who are your Peters? Hallelujah. A lot of times we run from our enemies, but the Bible says that we what, should love our enemies. Hallelujah. See, you got to know who your enemy is. You got to know their plot. You got to know their plan. Nehemiah knew them by name. He knew that Sambalik, he knew that he his name just alone that it meant, meant hatred in secret. So as Nehemiah was in the secret place, as Nehemiah was in a place of prayer, Oh, I'm getting so excited, my God. As Nehemiah was in a place of intersection, intercession, just symbolic um, alone, his name means hatred in secret. Hallelujah. So he hated that even Nehemiah was in a secret place. Hallelujah. He hated that Nehemiah was in a place called prayer. Amen. So we know that um, his name means hated in secret. Hallelujah. Even though he was very wealthy, you know, money don't have nothing to do with it. Your enemy still going to hate you. They can have all the money in the world. They can have all the things that they can have in the world. But it's something about your joy. It's something about your peace. It's something about the light that shines so bright in you. It's something about the power of God that lies on your life and the anointing that shines so bright and the glory, hallelujah, that come forth, hallelujah, so bright. So they can have all of that. But don't you know, they still walk around being jealous. They don't even know what you're going through and what it took for you to become who you are and what it took for you just to get up out that bed and just to go on your way. They didn't know what they had 
had you had to go through just to wake up this morning and just to say, you know what, I'm ready for this and I'm built for this and I'm ready to go forth and I'm ready to step out. Just in those words, you said it, but your body did not even want you to even get up. But you had to force yourself out the bed. You had to force yourself up. You had to tell yourself, you know what, I am more than a conqueror. I am victorious in Christ Jesus. I'm going to have to get up and I'm going to have to stand up and I'm going to have to rise up and I'm going to have to stir up and I'm going to have to rise and I'm going to have to stand up and I'm going to have to come on the scene and I'm going to have to maintain myself and I'm going to have to be established and I'm going to have to be confirmed and I'm going to have to remain and I'm going to have to endure. I'm going to have to be fixed and I'm going to have to be valid and I'm going to have to be proven and I'm going to have to be fulfilled. I'm going to have to be set up and fulfilled. I'm going to have to raise up. I'm going to have to carry out. I'm going to have to constitute what it is that my day is about. They don't even know that you got to say all those words just to get up and just arise and get up out of your place, up out of the place that you felt like that you could have just died in. They don't understand that it ain't been easy for you all your life. You ain't, it wasn't easy like how it was for them. They don't even know what it takes for you just to get up on the scene and do what you're called to do, but they still want to hate on you. They still want to be jealous of you. They still want to envy you and do all types of vile things against you. Only if they knew, hallelujah, the cost of the anointing. Uh, oh my God, they wouldn't even understand it, but you still got up and you still on the scene. See, these type of enemies, they coming for you and they coming strong, but you got to know who you are in God. You got to know to know that even though that they rising up against you, that God is with you. See, the thing is, we already know our biggest enemy is Satan. Why? Because he didn't get a second chance. Hallelujah. We got a second chance. I don't know about you. We don't got a third chance. I definitely don't know about you. We don't got a fourth chance. And some of you, we don't got a fifth and a sixth and almost a hundred chances. Oh, I don't know about you. Some of us almost got a thousand chances, but Satan not even got one chance. Hallelujah. So he is one of the biggest haters of God's people. When you know that you know that, don't you allow him to stop you. Don't you allow him to distract you. And then we got Geshem. Hallelujah. His name means what? Corporalist. Hallelujah. Means that even though he may have tangible things and he may have things, he was also an enemy. He was an enemy. He was an enemy. Why? Because he did not want Nehemiah to what? Pray. Why? Because he was against warfare. Hallelujah. He did not want Nehemiah to set things in the spiritual realm. Hallelujah. And not only that, Tobiah means Jehovah is good. And you would think, wow, how could his name mean that Jehovah is good? That's a strange name especially for somebody who's going after God's uh, anointed Nehemiah, right? So you would think that he is more of a friend of God. But don't you know, these are the same type of people. They look like God. They sound like God. They even want to walk like God, just like Satan wanted to be God, but they're not God. They are against God. They are enemies of God and they're not friends of God. They have a godly look. They're in sheep clothing, but you better be careful about your Tobias because they look like they will you but really in reality they're against you they are your constituents and hallelujah they're your comrades they are not for you or not for what you are for once they receive what they receive they will leave you and go with somebody else glory to God they was never meant to be with you they was only with you for what's the cause that you was caused for but once they have reached their cause they will leave you for somebody else come on somebody so these are your enemies you got to be careful and understand that 
they are not for you. But at the same time, these are the same ones that's going to allow you to become great in all that you do. When you do not allow them to distract you, you do not allow them to stop you because you are unmovable. You are unstoppable. You are undiable. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And always abounding in the Lord. Hallelujah. So I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad that we were able to talk about these enemies. Amen. Because as we go through the book of Nehemiah, some of you are going to be able to understand and be able to point out these enemies in your life. Amen. See, one thing I do know is when greatness is on your life, hallelujah, you're going to have some trouble. It's going to be some hellfire. Hallelujah. That lets you know how anointed you are. So you can't get stuck in the rut. You can't be having a pity party and saying, why they don't like me? Why did they leave me? Why are they not with me? God, you said that they would begin with me. You said that they would start the church with me. You said they would start the business with me. You said that they would marry me. You said that they would do right by me. But at the end of the day, I hate to break your bubble and I hate to um, um, break up your party. But it's always those that are close to you. So get ready, get ready. It's never those that we don't usually care about. Sometimes our enemy can be our family. Hallelujah. Those that are closer to you. Even your closest friend. Amen. But the thing is, when it happens, come on now, just continue to pray for them. Just like we're going to see what Nehemiah began to do as he recognized and saw how his enemies began to come up against him. So as I begin to read um, the first chapter of Nehemiah, which we're going to start that off right now. I first of all have looked at his name. Amen. And when I looked at his name, it means the Lord is consolation. Consolation means to provide, to comfort, to provide, to be compassionate, to comfort, to counsel, to care. To someone who has suffered. We as the church. Chosen by God. Should be a main consolidation. With the word of God. Since the Lord is our consolation. We should be that same consolation. To someone who has had a hard difficult situation. Or just a hard life. The, the Bible reminds us. When God tells us. That he would never leave us. Nor forsake us. Release unto us, he acts in the form of consoling us back to him through the joy that he give unto us through the word of God, through the miracle signs and wonders and the blessings. It's just like a card. A card is a form of conciliation, a thank you card, or losing a loved one, or just a card that reminds you how special you may be. See, these are cards that we may receive as a sign of consolation. But we are, but we must remember that the Bible gives us more than a card. It gives us life and it gives us a fresh breath, a fresh air to breathe and live again. See, Nehemiah was the one who consoled everyone whenever there was a problem, when there was trouble, right? He was a was a person who helped reform things back to its original state. Nehemiah was a reformist. He was a revolutionist. He was a realigner. He was a re reactivator. He was a revivalist. 
he knew how to bring change and repair the breaches. Nehemiah understood in order to rebuild, rebuild the wall in Jerusalem, he first had to know how to rebuild the nation, the people. So you can't go rebuild something without first knowing how to rebuild what's inside of what you're going to rebuild. So Nehemiah knew that it would take him to have not only the understanding, but the wisdom, the wisdom. Because remember, even Solomon asked for wisdom. He didn't ask for more riches. He didn't ask for more money. But he asked for wisdom. Because wisdom teaches you how to go in and out of God's people. It teaches you how to counsel and how to console God's people. How to care and have compassion. And how to love God's people. So we're asking for the wrong thing. We need to ask for more wisdom on how to rebuild the breaches of the walls that are in desolate. Because right now, the reason why the church cannot operate in the power that have already been given unto us, where we can speak as though it's not as though it's were, we can call those things back to life that are dead. It's because the wastes are desolate. The walls are breached. Why? Because there is no unity. We have fallen away from the architect, which is Jesus Christ. We have fallen away from the blueprint, the word of God. No longer do we stand on the word. Look at what's going on. Everything is based off of man dung, man's knowledge, meaning their own intellect, their power, their prestige, their money, who they know, their name. It's not even based off the word of God. It sounds like it is because they prophesy and it's a prophetic word, but it's not a profound hallelujah word. It's not a word that is from the Holy Ghost, but it's a word that is from merely from man and one man and boy and girl until we get back to the place we, this wall, this breach will be breached and we don't even see it. We're, that's why the government, that's why everything that's going on in the body of Christ and the isms and schisms in the body. And we think that we're having church and we're, think we're doing church when people are not even in the building. Even though they're coming, but they're not in the building. Their spirit is not even connected to God. It's connected to stuff. It's connected to things outside of God. They don't even fear God. <laughs> They don't even fear God. They don't even reverence God. So until we realize that, but Nehemiah understood in order to rebuild this wall, he had to be able to have the wisdom, the wisdom within the wall, within and not just outside the walls. But he had to understand the parameters of the inside out of the wall. Nehemiah knew that there would be a great attack against the citizens within the walls once they came to their senses. Hallelujah. See, it took the prodigal son to come to his senses, but he did not realize it by just his father, his natural father. The Bible says that he first realized it first to God, then his father glory. We can go to the book if you don't believe me. It's in the word. Hallelujah. He acknowledged God first. His fear was unto God before it was unto his father because he knew that the vow was to the father in heaven before the father in the earthly realm. Hallelujah. So you have to go to God. God is our first. But at the same time, not only did he have to understand how to repair the perimeter of inside out of the wall, he had to understand his enemies. 
Tobiah and Gisham and the Sinbalit. Hallelujah. They were three enemies of the Jews. Hallelujah. We know that Sanballat was a, a, a Huronite and Tobiah was an Amorite and Gisham was an Arab. Uh-huh. Go ahead and go back to it and you can study it because you really need to know who your enemies are and where they come from and they're, they're what's beneath them. Hallelujah. So you can know how to fight in the spiritual realm. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, don't take all that. That's not God. Okay. It, it is not God, but you better know that things that are happening are spiritual. Hallelujah. And it is God. And if you don't know how to fight spiritually or understand spiritual things, you're going to always be on the surface and you're going to keep going through a revolving door inside out. And the enemy going to keep on just attacking the same thing. And you're not going to get out of that rut because you're still on the surface. But you got to remember that these enemies was just not enemies that just came on the scene. These was enemies all the way through the children of Israel. That's right. Because we know that. Remember God drove the, the Horonites and the Amorites from the promised land. See, when you even go back to the children of Israel, they dealt with these same type of enemies. Hallelujah. These same tribes, these same individuals. Hallelujah. Even though it may not was the Tobiah or the Sanballat or the Gissim um, um, individually, but it was maybe their cousin, maybe their uncle, maybe their sisters. You know, the enemy got imps. He got sisters and he got brothers. He got cousins. He got aunts. Come on now. Whoever he can use, whoever he can trick, whoever he can lie to. Hallelujah. He can even lie to you and I don't care how anointed you think you are and I don't care what type of apostle or pastor you think you are. But if you allow the enemy to come and whisper in your ear and you believe a lie, glory to God, he can get you just like that. So you better be careful who you allow in your ear because even the elect in this time and season right now, they are bewitched. I'm telling you. They know the church songs. They know the whole the whole thing down pack. You better have discernment in this season. But you got to remember these was the same enemies. You know one thing about Satan, he always come the same. Satan is he don't have no disguise. He is a come on thief. Come on now, he is a what deceiver. He is a liar. He's an accuser of a brethren. He, 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 he comes the same way. He has no different strategy. Only thing that he tried to come in a different season and timing. But he's, he's the same, same, same. He, he's no powerful. He's already defeated. Hallelujah. But we are so stupid. We are so naive. It's not that we are even naive. We're just been bewitched. We don't even realize that we have allowed Satan to sneak in, to come in. And we're thinking that we're God of God. We think that we are anointed. But remember, these was the same enemies that the children of Israel had to fight up against. The same enemies that tried to come and take their promised land and try to take over. But it was God Almighty who kept them out. Yes. And guess what? These was also regional governors. They was in the system. They were leaders. One thing about your enemies, they ain't just merely just anybody's. They are leaders. They're government authorities. They're, 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 they're in some type of rank of something of a high, um, in a high place. The enemy don't, don't, don't settle in low places. He, he, he's very, he's very, come on now. He's very, um, he tries to be, um, very smart, but really he's not. 
You know, he tried to be very conniving, but he really, he's not. He tried to be very sneaky, but really he's not. Because when you have discernment, you're able to see. You're able to discern. That's why your spirit don't feel comfortable in different places or around different people. But it's not for you to judge them. It's not for you to come up and speak up against them. This is a time that you begin to do what Nehemiah did. Intercede for them. Begin to have intercession so that the Holy Spirit can teach you and show you what you need to do. But at the end of the day, the Spirit of God will least let you know who they are. And the reason why they don't like you and the reason why they don't want to be around you and the reason why you would never be in their clique is because you're not like them. So quit being mad and quit having a bad day because they don't want you with them. Because God is really keeping you. He's keeping you away from all that. Know that it's not even them, but it is God that's saying you're more than that. You belong to me. I don't want you caught up in those schism and isms. Sometimes you may, you're not going to fit. But thank God that God loves you that much not to put you in a place that you are blinded so that you can miss God. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to have to stand up to God. We're all going to have to stand up to him on judgment day. And you can't say, well, my pastor didn't tell me this and I didn't do that. Uh-uh. You got to face God yourself. You got to understand that these was regional governors. They served just as leaders as well. Hallelujah. But these was enemies. There was enemies. There was enemies that was trying to distract and disrupt the repairing of the, ble- the breach that Jeremiah, uh, Nehemiah was called to. One thing we got to understand is that the enemy comes to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. Right? But see, the thing is, Nehemiah understood that. Because, first of all, he knew the plot. That was tried, that that was tried to put be put up against him. He knew that they wanted to take him out. That's the first thing he realized. Oh, they want to take me out. The second thing is, he knew that they wanted to intimidate him. They wanted to his character. They 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 wanted to have assassination against his character, his integrity, who he was. Why? Because they knew he was a man of honor. They 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 knew he was a man of integrity. They knew he was a man that was already said to be a great man of God. So they wanted to tear down who he was. Thirdly, they wanted to deceive him with the false prophets. Come on now. Then they tried to influence the nobles of Judah to try to come up against what he was sent to do. You know, don't you know people will try to send other people to come up against you? Don't you know sometimes God has put you with somebody to be a blessing to them, but then the enemy will come and try to move them out the way. And if they're not careful, they get caught up in the scheme. And what happens is they allow what they sold into them, meaning that they sold discord in their life and they wind up missing their blessing because now they don't like you because they don't like you. That's what's going on in the body of Christ. Nehemiah understood that they would try to influence others that was supposed to help build. Those that were supposed to stand behind them and to um, protect them. But it did not work. See, the enemy always has one of his cousins, one of his uncles. I always say that outside the camp, trying to seek information, trying to see what's going on, trying to see. But we always identify the constituents and the comrades. 
because we understand, just like T.D. Jakes said, we know our confidants from our constituents and our comrades because confidants is somebody that we know that will tell us when we're right and tell us when we're wrong. But at the end of the day, you are lucky somebody if you get just one, right? But the thing is, he said also that if you come up against a comrade or a constituent, don't be mad. Just thank God that they was revealed. So now you know so that you can move forward. The enemy always fight against God's plan, point blank. This is not a test, but it is real. You must know your Tobias. You must know your Sanballats and your Gishams and your mess. They will say it's not possible. They will say you're not ready. You don't have this. You don't have that. You can't go there. And, but God has given us all the tools and instructions in the spiritual realm to repair the breach and rebuild the walls within his people. So let's just read chapter one, and then we're going to close out. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit have already given us enough. But chapter one in the book of Nehemiah, let's go there. I got the King James Version. It says, the words of Nehemiah. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.